0: Welcome to the Project Fitness Podcast for fitness professionals and fitness enthusiasts who want to be better at life. Fitness is the greatest investment of anyone's life. However, it's not easily obtained, and anyone who says different is just plain wrong. Join award-winning personal trainer and strength conditioning coach Chris Fudge every Monday as he explores all aspects of fitness that can lead you to your optimal health. I'm very happy to announce the extension of our podcast sponsorship, the Ready State Virtual Mobility Coach. Dr. Sturette is a movement and mobility coach for players in the NFL, MLB, NHL, and NBA, plus a doctor of physical therapy. Kelly has created a program called Virtual Mobility Coach. And if you haven't tried this, you got it. It's so simple. Every day, Virtual Mobility Coach gives you the guided videos and walks you through it step-by-step step using Kelly's proven techniques to relieve pain, improve range of motion, and improve performance. Since coming on board as a sponsor, I've had a lot of listeners, including my own clients, my own athletes, who have been using these protocols on a daily basis. And we have seen an increase in recovery from training session to training session. What does that let me do as a coach? It lets me train them a little harder. lets me push them a little bit harder. So you got to try it. It's completely free for two weeks. If you decide to continue an additional 10% off for life, you just have to use the promo code PROJECT10. Again, the promo code is PROJECT10 to use the Ready State Virtual Mobility Coach a sponsor of the Project Fitness Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Project Fitness Podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with the co-founder of Rep Performance, a digital physical education startup, a veteran of 20 plus years experience, multiple pro sports specifying in uh, the NHL, also a uh, Team Canada powerlifting coach for the Special Olympics, uh, Mr. Callan McGibbon. Callan, welcome to the Project Fitness
1: Podcast. Thanks very much for having me, Chris.
0: Super excited to have you on here today because we're going to talk about what you're doing with technology in the realm of physical education. And this is kind of a passion for me. A lot of people aren't fully aware that my background is in physical education, working in that industry and doing PT at the same time before I went full time with PT. So, you know, I love the physical education stream. I love what it offers kids. I see there's a lot of opportunities in where we stand today in Canada, definitely in North America. And you have a very unique product that you're putting out there into uh, Uh, The field of physical education so why don't you talk a little bit about how that even came to be where did that start of and then what is your product all about
1: um well where it started actually is kind of a cool story so um one of my strength conditioning clients is Nick Foligno and we uh, originally kind of I guess became like client you know uh strength coach relationship and then uh, that kind of matured over the years to best friends, and then that matured into uh, co-founders of this company. So, um, it, it kind of started with him and I. So we every summer uh, I train a bunch of NHL players um, from like Northern Ontario or even from outside of Northern Ontario. They come in uh, to Sudbury, and we were working out. and He's got a like a training setup at his house, and we got like a sport court to you know do shots and stuff between certain Metcon drills or whatever we're doing at the time. So, and in the mornings uh, we'd work out and the kids, his kids, he's got three children. They always pull uh, the chairs out to the kitchen window on the second floor and they watch us exercise. And uh, we were just, and and he's got three kids. I got four kids, you know, and you just kind of start talking, just looking up at the kids and you are like, man, isn't it awesome? These kids are growing up like in this environment where like just they're surrounded with exercise. Like they, they just think this is just what You do right, and they're surrounded with uh, lots of high-quality information, and and we just said, you know, like, what can we do to like make sure that every kid has these opportunities? And that's really how it started. um, Rep Performance, the company we founded together, and it it just kind of evolved from there. Originally, I think we were aiming to go into minor sports because obviously both of us have an extreme sport backgrounds. But you really can't touch every kid there. Like education is the only place where every kid, you know, no matter their demographical background um, is there. So we pivoted our product into the education space. And the goal is to provide kids with um, the confidence and uh, competency to be able to take control of their physical health and well-being uh, for life.
0: That's pretty cool. And and I think it's very needed in today's society. And uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of how phys ed originated, but phys ed originally was uh, put in the school systems as an opportunity for kids to play sports. that they didn't have access to. Right. And when we look at where we are today, I mean, you've got four again, God bless you. I think they have access to sport in a lot of different areas outside of school. They don't have to go to school to play hockey anymore. Right. So at one point in time, the education system was, was revolving around that. Let's just get it, it influenced people to play sports. Well, now you can do sports anytime you can do sports anywhere, but now you got to do other things when it comes to physical fitness. And uh, you say you want to give kids the opportunity to, to take control a little bit more of their fitness with, with your product.
1: Yes. For sure. I think when we started to look at um, like just the statistics with respect to sport, right. Cause I spend my life in in uh, a, a huge part of my life in like with anomalies, right? Like uh, less than zero point two percent of athletes make it to the realm that I uh, I work in, and actually ninety nine percent of student athletes don't play competitively past high school, and eighty two percent of students don't even participate in sports after high school, and with the curriculum like you'd mentioned, spinning towards, you know, teaching kids about sports, which is great. You learn lots of things, right? Physical literacies and and social activities and so, so being social in a group environment and leadership and all kinds of things. And I think sport needs to stay in school to a certain extent, but it it's not equipping that 86% of students that leave school with yeah. tools on how to take care of themselves. Like that's not physical literacy for life. You know, like if if I'm going to stay healthy and I learn basketball in school, like, unless I've got a basketball court and I've got six friends, like how, how am I going to use that to, to maintain, you know, high quality physical standards, which would be, you know, like three to four times a week of intense physical activity. Like, how am I going to, how am I going to manage that? Especially like the last two years we've gone through COVID and sports was taken away. So with physical fitness, like, you can do that on lockdown in an apartment. You can do bodyweight drills. You can do HIIT training in a bodyweight format. You can do yoga. You can do meditation, breathing. Uh, you can you know, divulge time into learning how to cook, eat, eating better foods, making better nutritional choices. So this is really like where we're focused on is like these skills because these skills are transferable like for life, no matter what scenario you're in, no matter what demographic, you don't need a facility, you don't need anything. And I mean, if you can have access to a gym or great or a trainer, I think that's awesome. But, you know, there's a there's a foundational amount of information that we feel kids deserve, just like I learned, you know, reading, writing, math, English, I learned some geography, I learned about some cultures, kind of gave me the basics to sort of, you know, to be successful after high school. And unless you're into sports, phys ed doesn't really give you anything to be successful past high school.
0: Mm-hmm. And your product that you have, what does it do? What does it do for the students?
1: essentially it's like uh you and i in a digital version so uh, a teacher uses our platform to digitize the phys ed department which a lot of school boards now are obviously trying to go paper-free while companies around the world are trying to go paper-free so phys ed is one of the last departments that has massive photocopying budgets for workout programs and do tangs and binders and all the stuff that they're giving kids to write down track workouts so it digitizes that um it allows phys ed departments too to be able to show the impact they're having physically um, on children and then the second thing it it happens is the teacher does an assessment like they they still do like you and i went to high school they're still doing you know fitness assessments they do a fitness assessment and it digitizes that and then we have an ai system that builds customized workout plans geared to every student's individual capacities um, and then the system uses machine learning code through the students feedback feedback to actually like progress or regress them um, mm-hmm. at their own speeds. So it's really like a digital personal trainer piece after uh, it solves all like the the problems that phys ed departments currently have as you know challenges and barriers to workplace enjoyment. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. So does it go with does it start with like the lesson plans and it can teach some of the phys ed instructors like here's the fitness assessments you're going to use? So it teaches them, and then they implement it, or is it just done virtually like on a screen and then you follow the screen?
1: No, it's so um it really depends on the phys ed teacher. I mean, there's lots of incredible ones out there that are just doing a fantastic job that needed a platform to help individualize programs for 30 kids, right? Um so basically, there's templates of a fitness fitness assessments that teachers can choose from, um, or they can build their own. There's like 48, or I think, no, yeah, 48 different assessments that you can select from and build your own customized fitness assessment platform um, or template that you want to use with your class. Because uh, there's teachers that are at all different kind of spots within phys ed, right? Some are more sport orientated, so they might just want to use a template for you know, analyzing general fitness and some are right into fitness at their school. So they want to build their own fitness assessment, right. That has to do with maybe some load equipment and stuff like that. So it's kind of just like a recipe formula for that teacher to kind of pick and say, this is the assessment I want to do. And then, you know, it has videos that, you know, teach the kids how to do all the movements and, you know, understand proper technique and what they're measuring for and why they're doing it. Um, and so on and so forth like that.
0: I remember growing up, we were always, um, I remember one day walking to phys ed and everyone got a pencil, a half chewed pencil. They're never brand new. Everyone got a piece of paper and they said, okay, you're going to dribble a basketball between your legs as many times as you can in a row. Then you're going to write down your score and your name on this piece of paper, and you're going to put it on a pile. And that was how we tracked. I remember on that specific day, it was grade eight. That's how we tracked our fitness. That was our score on day one. We did a basketball unit for, I don't know, four or eight weeks. We did the exact same test again, and we wrote it down. I was not the smartest kid, but I definitely wasn't the slowest kid. And I was like, I could just cheat my own score. I could, you could, I could, Oh, I did a hundred last time. I did 50. How does your, your your system track the metrics for, for people? Are they wearing like a watch? Are they wearing a band? Uh, How's it track their, their, their numbers?
1: So it's all done essentially like the teachers are our partners, right? So they're still doing like a fitness assessment. So let's say we put together like a random fitness assessment of like, um, you know, uh, sit and reach. Um, let's say we did, uh, a walk jog for, uh, 10 minutes or 12 minutes, like a Cooper's test, right. Walk, jog for 12 minutes. Um, we might do like, let's say a pull up, um, and maybe a seated med ball toss. Mm -hmm. Right. So we go through these things, and teachers generally could set them up in stations, and kids can go around and and, and do them all on their own. And then they bring their scores essentially back to the teacher, and the teacher just enters their results through the interface. So we have the teacher essentially as our vetting partner to make sure that the results that are going in are true, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And then from there, I mean, once the results are entered, the software takes over from there. There's really... No pieces left for the teacher to do other than really do what, you know, you would do, right? It's like now you invest time in the students in a group environment because they have a program that, you know, is safe for them. And you can walk around and coach and, you know, answer questions and connect with them and invest your time in the students worrying about how they're doing, not what they're doing,
0: (laughs) Mm-hmm. So when you're, when you're collecting these assessments and you're going to put together, I suppose, an evaluation, the software is going to evaluate the student's current status and create a program from there. Where are they getting or where's the software getting the information from? Is this from years of documentation And we could say, OK, uh, female girls between the ages of 10 and 14, their sit and reach should be X. And then it shows you where your score is in relation to the average or like elite level. Is that, is that how it works? So is it not being compared to Nick?
1: Right? No. <laughs> not not they're being the captain. Com- <laughs> Hopefully no, no, they're not being compared to Nick. So, yes, there's uh, like a database of uh, thousands and thousands of, of results that we've been databasing over years. Um, so it compares to that database and then compares to their cohort. And then they're, and all that comparison is doing is just giving them like the software, the idea of like, okay, they're in this particular, let's say it's lower body. Um, In this particular area of their development, they're a level two mover. So all the exercises that we've decided are good for level two movers are kind of unlocked and then, you know, selected for them and put into a program with Mm the loads and sets and reps and everything. So it's just categorizing them into these safe zones so that they're learning exercises that are appropriate for their current physical attributes. Mm -hmm. Um, That answers your question uh clearly enough
0: yeah no i, I understand and then wh- where the teachers are utilizing this stuff is this for fitness specific um curriculum based so if they're just doing a fitness um uh, lesson plan for say eight weeks you're using it for there or are some of the schools saying listen we're going to do fitness the entire semester so we're going to utilize this system the whole way through
1: so um we've got schools uh, across canada um we have a pilot in sweden and a pilot in the U- united kingdom So the courses that teachers are, are generally using our product in um, are the PAF courses. So that's the personal fitness classes. So the curriculum is shifting towards like bringing fitness into the forefront. But the teachers are just kind of overwhelmed with the idea of like uh, personal training 30 kids at different points in development for an hour. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, like, you know, we could imagine how hard that would be. Right. Like it's anyone training 30 bodies. Yeah, it's crazy. So, um, and it's crazy to expect that outcome out of them, but the curriculum is going that way because the education system knows that we need to transfer from, you know, just a sport rotation offering to, you know, more of a wellness fitness based offering in education. So there's PE or F courses where they're using our platform like constantly all year round um, like every day of the class. And then the standard, like PPL courses, which is like the standard sport rotation activities type thing. Um, they're using our platform for like the fitness rotation, but they're also using it as a way to show, uncover what kids are learning physically while they're doing different sport rotations. So for an example, um, they do a, a badminton unit, they would do like you, your experience, right? They would do like maybe a couple of things like a V CIT twist or like a plank hold or an agility test or something. Um, and then they would do a badminton unit for three weeks and then they repeat that process again. The difference now compared to when you did it with the basketball, is is being vetted by the teacher that these results are true. And two is the kids are actually getting a feedback piece. So now they're getting like, hey. I played badminton for three weeks and it's not necessarily about me being good at badminton. It's that I had no idea that by playing badminton for three weeks, it would increase my agility abilities and my, my core because of rotating all the time, my core got stronger and I held my plank longer because kids it's not about being good at the sport it's about being a good mover and understanding that moving is really healthy for you. And the next generation of students Because the way information comes to them so fast, if they don't feel like they understand why they're doing something, then they just don't buy in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. We used to always believe everything our teachers said, right? Yeah. Yeah,
0: It's like, like, hey, let me search you. Let me see. Let me see. What are the reviews
1: on you? Are you right? Are you wrong? I have the answers in my hand. Exactly, right? Like, uh, you just, you said it so eloquently. It's true. Like. My teacher told me something. I was like, okay, I guess it's true, right? Now kids are like, well, I'm just going to check and make sure that you're telling the truth. Like, that's for real. And mm-hmm. they put a lot of value in the information that they get there because, you know, there is a lot of value in the information you can get through technology, right? So by them getting feedback on like okay this is actually what happened to my body while I did badminton now kids not only start to enjoy badminton more so maybe we can actually increase participation in sport because now the kids that are like why am I doing this this is dumb because they're not sporty kids are like oh well you know what badminton actually wasn't that bad maybe I'm going to go and play with my friends in intramural because I understand now the impact it has on my physical health Mm -hmm. so they're using it in all kinds of uh, settings. We actually have uh, one teacher who's like a superstar is actually by the, this, by September next year, we'll have his entire school on our platform. So that's every single student at his school will be in a training platform. And he has open gym planned because of COVID right now, he can't fully unlock it, but he's going to go open gym before school, lunch and after school. And he's going to have every kid in his school on the platform. So every kid will have a personal, a digital personal trainer. That's amazing. So we they have get- 400 kids. How many? four hundred kids. Wow,
0: right? that's yeah. massive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, so they get multiple metrics as their feedback on day one of their assessments. And it says, okay, you're strong here. This is something to work on. and Here is your individualized program that you're going to be using to take you from point A to point B. So then you know, the physical education teacher can say, this is now how we're gonna assess you as a student because phys ed being different than other subjects Assessment evaluation in some subject, you know, math is, did you get it right? Did you get it wrong? What was your process to can get it right or wrong? You get points that way. Some classes you get marks for showing up, for trying, for effort. But phys ed, you know, in our day was, who's the athlete? You got the A. If you weren't the athlete, you didn't get an A. Is this what teachers are doing now? They're using multiple ways to assess and evaluate?
1: For sure. Like grading is a big topic right now in phys ed. Um, you know, obviously participation is number one like we want kids to be moving and that's critically important but the second piece is is that we want to know that like you're moving and whatever level you're at it doesn't matter that's you just said it's so great like because not a it's not a pass or fail per se it's a like where are you today and where are you in four weeks from now and what is your rate of improvement for you and that's great Right. As long as, you know, you're getting some form of progress and you're enjoying the process, then that's that's our evaluation criteria. Right. Um, But the students need a start point. They need to understand, like, this is where I am today. So our platform doesn't do like comparisons on the student side. So they don't they're not looking at their score and seeing how it compares to an average or whatever. It's only about their learning experience. So Mm -hmm. it's about like, hey, this is my start point. Uh, We did this assessment today and here's my workout program and I'm following that. And I have the chance to, I can now extend phys ed past the classroom because now I can do this workout program. I can access it at home, right? And we have yoga videos in there. We have meditation videos, nutrition modules. So now we're bringing phys ed outside of the school and we're allowing kids to access all these resources at home with the parents, right? So now everyone's kind of involved in putting in these healthy habits, but then the next time they do an assessment, now the students see like, how am I, what has happened? Like I've done these things over the past few weeks and how did that How did that affect my physical well-being, right? How did yeah. I, did I get better here? Did I, did how much did I improve by here? Oh, wow, I got a lot better in my cardiovascular score. Like I, 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 I covered 2,500 meters in this 12-minute, you know, walk, run. Last time I only did 1,700. Well, why is that? Well, you know, we had this cardiovascular program and we played soccer, for three weeks. So I did a lot of running. So like, oh, wow. Like running makes a huge, playing soccer made a huge difference in my cardiovascular score. So it's about giving all this ability for students to reflect on the activity they're doing and then basically fall in love with moving so -hmm. that they move for life. And it gives the teacher on their side, the ability to look at this and say, you know, individualize the experience for each student. So like you said, it's not if you're a great athlete, you're getting great scores. Like, how did everybody do over the last four weeks, and what what rate did they improve on as an individual? And you know, congratulations to you and you and you for doing such a great job uncovering what you like and look at how much you have improved, right? So, really individualizes it for the for the teacher because that's tough, right? Like, we got to make sure people fall in love with exercise. It's a really big deal. <laughs>
0: 100% and you can see it in, in our society today and I, I think that the, the global pandemic is it's really bringing a light a lot of people don't don't want to talk about it but you and I know that there is your health matters the way you handle things like like a virus and that the healthier people tend to tolerate it better than the less healthier people unfortunately yeah and that's
1: not uh like you said it's it's not an easy subject but I think those of us that have dedicated our, our lives to this industry, and we've seen, you know, the impact it has on people and, and a, impact, not just like the physical side, but the, the mental well being of being, you know, physically healthy is, is such a massive impact on your immune system. So, you know, I, I see it, you see it, there's a whole bunch of us in the industry that see it. And I think we need to find now that we're kind of going on to two years in this pandemic, mm-hmm. um, we really need to start to find the strength to to talk about just in a positive way about like, you know, now's the time to take care of yourself. Not that it wasn't ever, but now's the time to really like, you know, buy into like, what do you need to do for you, you know, that gets you feeling optimal every day so that you're strong. And I don't mean physically strong, like pick heavy stuff up. I mean, strong as in like, as a, you're, you're resilient. Resilient, key word for it, robust.
0: For, for the students going through these programs, how many of them are, are you even able to track this, this metric? How many of them are doing stuff outside of school with it? Or even if they graduate, are they still able to, to, to stick with this software, utilize it, you know, when they're 18, 19, 20?
1: Yep, so we can. So we have 33% of students that are enrolled on the platform uh, asked to be enrolled outside of phys ed. So that's either their phys ed courses ended so that, you know, the semesters ended and they're done phys ed and they've asked their teacher to stay in the platform to continue to have access to it. Mm-hmm. Or that's participation. We measure that two ways. We measure it uh, when their phys ed class is done and we measure it over holidays. So over Christmas break, over March break and over the summer, we measure like what's the actual um, amount of students that are continuing the platform. And right now on the databases, 33% of kids are are maintaining actively participating in exercise programs outside of ed
0: That's amazing. And you know why I think that's so amazing? Take the topic of calculus, chemistry, math. Mm-hmm. Who's touching that over Christmas? <laughs> yeah. Zero. Well, We're looking at zero. I can confidently say it's probably 0% of students from, you know, kindergarten to grade 12. No one's touching that stuff over Christmas. And you're saying
1: 33% are still being active outside of the school hours. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's uh it's pretty neat because i think it's done something too and this is like we don't have any way to measure this piece but i think what i'm sensing through like uh feedback from teachers and students um and the odd parent thing we can get feedback from is that it's connected physical activity to the home like so when my kids have like a science test on a friday you know, and it's a Tuesday. I'm, I'm part of the educational process as an, as a parent. Like, I'm like, Hey, you know, you know, Joe, you got a science test on Friday You studying, right? Like, I know you have a basketball practice tomorrow night, but you got to study when you get home. And like, I'm kind of like these bumpers, you know, where I, I, I'm not doing the work, but I'm kind of keeping my child focused on the things that they need to do in order to be successful. Right. And Fizet, I didn't have, I don't have any connection to the phys ed program at school, outside of school. Like, I I have no understanding as to like what I can do to help. Right. Like, so I think with this, kids are able to access these workouts at home and then the parents are able to see like, Oh, you got this workout program from school. Like, that's cool. Like, why don't you, why don't you do it? Or why don't you show me it? Why don't we do it together? Why don't we do a 45 minute yoga class?
0: Mm -hmm. Right.
1: Now the, the parents are able to kind of support it. And and that's when we get like the, the habit building. Right. We we just got into the habit.
0: Parents probably be more, more inclined to do a
1: yoga session with their, with their kids than calculus. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I think the kids that are doing calculus are probably trying to catch up, right. As Mm -hmm. opposed to doing it to try to get ahead. Yeah. Whereas I think what's happening with our platform is kids are doing it because they're trying to get ahead. Like they, they like it. They're like, yeah, I want to keep doing this because I'm feeling good. And maybe they're getting better calculus scores because they're, <laughs> because they're, you know, they're physically healthy and mentally healthy. Right. How difficult was it to get this
0: program up and running um, within the school systems? Like, did you just go to the high school you graduated from? It was like, Hey guys, it's me. I'm back. I got an idea.
1: How'd this get going in the schools? Um, What well, we just, started with just like a pilot so we reached out to our local school board and we said hey like would you be willing to take part in a pilot program with us we we think we have this product that would be a solution um did you have to play the felino card is that what you had to use (laughs) in there no we didn't actually uh (laughs) we just went straight in and just said hey do you want to try this and we had four schools volunteer and um We went into the schools with the actual developers and myself and my, uh, my business development strategists. And we actually went in and and experienced like what the visit teachers were going through in a work day, right? Like uh, 10 minutes between classes, they got like 25 kids are trying to get out of the change room so they can have 50 minutes of doing physical activity. And like, we just, we, we went through the whole process and uh, we were like, Oh my God, like, all right. We think our software can really be a solution at the time. Our software was horrible like it was hard to use, it was bugs everywhere. Like it was just a battle. Right. Mm-hmm. But they, they were really good about, um, you know, phys ed teachers are great, right? Like they're just a great bunch. I'm not just saying that, but they're kind of cut from the cloth of a personal trainer. Like they're, so oh, yeah. kind of, in, in university, when I went to teach college, like the phys ed group, everyone <laughs> hang out with us. <laughs> like we
0: were more fun,
1: <laughs> it's just a fun group. They're, you know, they're healthy, they're hack. they're active, they're, you know, so it just, and they're they're teachers, so they want they're they're about learning. so when we went in and we said, "Hey, we need to like we need feedback. Like we need to know how to build this, so it it, it works better for you." And they're great at that, right? Like they're like, yeah, well, you need it it needs to do this, and can you get it to do that, right? And, and you just get a, a great development team, and they started working on trying to change things and get things the way that would help the teachers. and and over time, you get this customer voice, right? Like where this customer voice is kind of, leading the development of your product, um, which I'm grateful to say we have. And now you're building a solution for people that are you know, literally telling you what they need. And so we just kind of kept doing that, right? We just kept getting into places. And after the pilot launched, we decided, okay, I think we should launch this thing commercially. And we launched it commercially and we just honestly just reach out to biz ed teachers and just say, hey, and now we're doing things on board levels, but I mean, in the beginning, it was just phys ed teacher by phys ed teacher Just reach out. Hey, how are you? What's going on in your school? How are you doing with COVID type deal?
0: Yeah. And would you say COVID was the, the major challenge or was it the software, the bugs, or, or what was the major challenge when you tried to get this up and running or that you've run into to date?
1: Um, well, there's multiple. I mean, education is a is a tough industry to, to break into. So, and I think rightfully so. I mean, you're dealing with children. And I think there's privacy situations that need to be respected and understood. Um, and I think, you know, you're influencing the next generation. So I think rightfully so, there should be a, a, it shouldn't be should be easy for companies to just work in education. So I'm actually happy that that experience has been as difficult as it is. I know that sounds contradictory, but I, I, I'm actually, because I have four children, and I'm glad it's difficult for companies to just offer stuff to schools. Like I'm glad it's <laughs> So I I like that part Um, and it makes sure it vets out, you know, companies that are not there for the right reason. So some hard things are cybersecurity, um, you know, just making sure that it fits within the curriculum. Um, Budgets, obviously, schools are terribly underfunded, um, especially phys ed, because it's an elective course after grade nine. So uh, their phys ed departments are getting their budgets based on the trend of enrollment. So, you know, in grade nine, like, you know, they look at 2020 grade 10 enrollment in phys ed, they look at 2019 grade 10 enrollment in phys ed in 2018 and whatever direction that trend line is going, you know, that's direction your budget goes for the next year. So it looks like enrollment's going down. They're going to give you less budget the upcoming year. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And uh, that's a problem because, you know, we already talked about it, like physical health is is a massive piece of mental uh health and they're kind of synergistically wrapped together and we need to make sure that we're equipping kids with those skill sets um so i our software plays another piece a bigger piece that it's doing is it's it's actually showing the impact of phys ed so that phys ed teachers and schools can go to their superintendents and the boards and say listen like last year our students were here This year, we improved the cardiovascular health and mental well-being of our grade nines by 13%. So, hey, we'd like to get, you know, extra resources this year going into next year um, because we want to roll the program out, you know, to more students. And if it doesn't work, we can measure it now. Right. If it doesn't work, fine. But if it works, you know, then now we've got something to measure return on investment. To back it out a little bit, since the inception of uh, EQAO in Ontario, like math and science budgets have tripled, but the school boards—you can't blame them. Like they have this metric to measure how well the curriculum is being uptaked. So if you have a metric to show to taxpayers, hey, like it's working, it's working. Then you know you kind of, of course, right, keep investing. Mm -hmm. So Fizzit doesn't have that, right? Like it doesn't have an ability to show its impact. Like that, that's fitness as a whole. Unfortunately, I've talked about this
0: before is you can't look at, you know, working as a personal trainer, like a strength coach, you, you're year to year, you're season to season. If your guys are getting hurt, then you're not that great. You know, And, and <laughs> personal trainer, if I work with someone for 10 years on day one, I can't say in 10 years, you're going to be here. And there's no studies going on on the, the, you know, the side effects of 10 years of personal training but we know it's, there's going to be, you know, a positive outcome, but you can't see that with health and fitness, unfortunately.
1: And yeah, so that's, what's nice about what we're doing is it's giving you these short-term snapshots of how students are progressing. So it's, it's really great because we've got this data now to to track it and to say, yeah, they are actually, you know, improving at, at this rate over time. And so it makes a big difference to the strength of, Phys ed across the country. Like if we want to strengthen the phys ed curriculum across the country, then we need to we need to prove up its impact.
0: Have you been able to um, measure if there's been any positive impacts on um, behavioral issues within schools? There's uh there's a great book, Spark, by John uh, Rady. Remember, he talks all about uh, using physical education for kids with ADD and ADHD and using heart rate monitors and doing aerobic fitness. And then it was showing schools that, do you have anything there to help
1: students who might come from that background who need a little bit more uh, help? We don't have uh, any of that information, you know, like we don't have any of that data to be able to kind of quantify out of the platform. Um, the only data we have right now is we have been able to show uh, through a research project we're doing because we're launching a new uh, like wellness piece in our platform uh, at, at the end of the first quarter of this year. And the only data we have now is that students that are enrolled in the platform, as opposed to students who are not, are 42%, they, 42% of them feel more empowered and confident about physical activity. So that's the only piece that we've been able to pull in so far. Um, but I'm actually excited to see what's, what we're going to be able to pull out once we fully, uh, roll out our, our wellness piece. What's your total number? How many people have been through this program? Do you know how many
0: students? Cause you've got, you said you start in Sudbury, yeah. you're, you're in Canada, you're in
1: you know, United Kingdom, you're all over the yeah. world. All right. Yeah. Well, we're in three countries. I mean, UK and Sweden are just pilot countries. So we have a couple of high schools going over there. Um, but right now we're supporting probably on the daily anywhere between like three thousand five thousand students. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And you like it's cool to connect with you because you know you train, so you imagine right, like you're you're seeing like five six clients a day, right? And you know how huge of an impact that what you do has on their health. Uh, imagine like three to five thousand clients a day. You know, like there, there was.
0: There, there, was a point that I started noticing that when I was working with uh, younger adults in their early 20s, and it was maybe it was six or seven years ago, I started noticing a series come through, and they just didn't have some of the basic skills of uh, movement. They couldn't run. I remember the first time I saw, a 20-year-old who couldn't run. What do you, like, you know, no structural issues. You know, sometimes someone comes in and they're morbidly obese. Like, you understand if you're 300 pounds, you can't run. But if someone comes in and they look similar to you and I, and they just they don't know how to run on a treadmill, you're like that that's a mistake. There was something lost, you know, in their youth. They may have been in a scenario where they didn't enjoy physical education. They may be been in, the, in the, that one kid in the classroom that's just dodging volleyballs all year. You know what I mean? And yeah. they, would, they would try to find reasons not to do phys ed or they didn't have access to learn how to do basic skills, locomotion running. And then all of a sudden they're in their twenties and they can't run. And what's the one, the one type of physical fitness that everyone could do if you're living in COVID and you're locked down, you can go for a run if you know how imagine losing the ability or not even ever gaining the ability to run.
1: Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's that's, and we talk to phys ed teachers like across the country and they talk about uh, like essentially what they're talking about is the seven principal movements, right? Like squat, hinge, hip, or uh, hinge, rotate, lunge, gate, push, pull. So, and they talk about the lack of, Uh, fitness literacy and these kids in these movements you know some of the kids that are great athletes aren't really that great when it comes to like principal movement skills right like they don't necessarily squat great if they're a great like hockey player um you know or or lunge or rotate or whatever so i think what we're trying to do is get into these principles actually like you're talking about like really make sure kids understand how to do all these things so that you know when they go to see you when they've you know when they're out of university or, you know, and they're, they, they got their career going and they want to like really invest in their health and they go see you like, are like, we want to be handing you a fantastic mover. Mm-hmm. Right. So that you can like do all the cool stuff that you can bring to their world. Right. Like mm-hmm. next step in the journey. Right. Like we, we just want to make this basic principle of like, yeah, you're a great mover. You understand exercise, you understand sets, reps, loads, like how to progress, you get it all. Um, and when they get to you, it's going to unlock a whole different amount of value that you can bring to them because those pieces are gone, right? Like, those are already check, checked off. Yeah. Advanced
0: exercise are the basics mastered. So anytime I get to work with someone who has the basics, you can, you can do more. So if anyone's listening to this now and okay. you've got kids, there's an important part to being able to move well as a, as a young person because it carries over so much into your adulthood. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Callan, I, I can tell you're very passionate about this you know a father of four kids it sounds like you've just you know uh, uh, vomited your entire life into this I don't know if vomits the right word but to me it it is you've got your entire life into this and you want to see this be very successful blue sky thinking right so there's nothing holding you back where do you see this program going you know 30 years from now 40 years
1: from now Where, where do you wish it would be well I mean uh you put out those like b-hogs or whatever, like big audacious cults or whatever. Uh, but really I, I would like the platform to be the standard uh like de facto phys ed platform around the world. Um, you know, just just the G7 alone. I think there's like, I can't remember the number from our from our spreadsheets, but you know, it's it's millions of kids. So I'd really like to be, you know, that de facto platform that is essentially the piece that's you know, building physical competency and confidence character, you know, in the next generation. And and I see that being the long haul, I see that being a massive impact on society from the standpoint of like, the way that we approach healthcare. I mean, we have a reactive healthcare system, not a proactive, not a preventative healthcare system, we're spending $7,892 a person and 70% of those resources are being spent on, you know, chronic diseases of which 80% of them can be reversed with lifestyle. <laughs> so, I mean, what's the impact of this thing? Like, it, it's gigantic. It's, it's trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars of efficiency into the world that we could then use to, you know, help people that are in need. We could use to reverse hunger. We could use to treat mental wellness issues that come up. I mean, we can create fair wage policies around the world. I mean, it, it seems like a far-fetched concept, but it's, it's really, if you just actually look at it as a basic math principles, <laughs> right? you just forget it, we're talking about fitness. And just said to me, yeah, I've got this thing that can take this $7,000 a year you're spending in Canada and you can reduce it to, you know, $2,000 a year. And you can take that 5,000, it doesn't mean you get rid of it. You can take that $5,000 a year per person times 35 million people and you can spend it on X. Like if you just don't pretend we're not talking about fitness and you just talk about math, people are like, okay, I want to learn more. Yeah. And then you're like, well, yeah. So now we got to teach every kid in Canada how to exercise. And I'm like, wow, that seems daunting. And you're like, you just agreed that this was the best idea ever because we were just talking about math. Right. <laughs> so it seems crazy, but it's it's really just math. Like and, and I think we got to look at it. I, I hope our governments, you know, um, and businesses can start to look at it more like math, right? Like corporate wellness is a big deal. I mean, these companies like Google and, you know, uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagrams and, you know, all the big, huge companies, like they're investing in corporate wellness, like by the millions. There's a reason because they're getting a return on their investment. Healthy <laughs> employees are productive employees, right? So, so like, what do we, why are we skip? Like, what are we doing? Like, let's just go right to the source. Like I, I I've said to a few times on a podcast, I'm like, essentially, yeah, we're kind of trying to sort of disrupt the corporate wellness industry. Right. Like by the time every staff member gets to Google and they've gone through our platform, they don't need corporate wellness. They got it. <laughs> Google should hit you guys up. So, I mean, I, I, and those are, those are big goals, but you know, I think, you know, what we do as a career, you know, like at, the training world is hard, right? Like you're, you're up at five, you're at the gym at six, you're working with people till 10. If you're lucky, you have people that start at 1030. And then, you know, you're not doing anything for an hour then you're training somebody at lunch and then you're not doing anything for three hours. And then you're working from four till 10 and you're putting in like 15 hour days and you're raking in seven hours of the work. Right. (laughs) And, And it's hard. And I think we need to, we need to validate more uh, that effort, you know, we need to validate more of that effort.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, your passion is uh, obvious here and uh, I wish you nothing but success. I want, I got a five and seven year old and I wanna hear that they're doing something like this. My wife also taught phys ed for a bunch of years and, you know, sitting in as a parent, as a trainer, as a phys edder, we all agreed, this thing to happen. So uh, I'm very excited to know that you know you and your team is behind this and I just hope it really trickles down and makes its way over here into Ottawa and some of the schools where my boys get a little bit older and maybe it will put me out of business someday. Personal trainers won't even need to be around anymore because everyone can take care of themselves.
1: Well, I actually hope that the almost the reverse happens. I actually hope that the personal and I think it will because personal trainers are very uh, innovative thinkers. You know, um, they're very creative people. They're good at math, but they're very creative. And, and I actually think the reverse is going to happen. I think what we alluded to earlier, like when people come out of this and they're still going to be interested, it's just going to evolve into like a different a different level of service.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, like it's going to open up your world when you're with people to do a whole bunch of really cool stuff and how innovative is it going to get what you can apply to people when they come in and they're great movers and they already love the process. Yeah.
0: You know? Yeah. Especially yeah, if they, if they come in and already had nothing but positive experiences with fitness, you don't, you don't have to deal so much with all that lifestyle stuff when their lifestyle is already about health and fitness anyway. Right. And they're going to be lifelong clients.
1: Yeah. I love they'll it. Be, they'll be with you for 20 years. <laughs>
0: Alan, thank you so much for coming on the project fitness podcast for anyone's interested in these products that uh, that you're offering here i'm gonna add that into the show notes as well as your your contact information so again project fitness podcast thanks you so much for coming on today
1: hey man thanks very much for having me i'm, I'm super grateful for it
0: have a very uh, happy holidays and a merry christmas my friend you too dude thanks never stop learning because life never stops teaching If you've learned at least one thing from this podcast and your mission is to help other people, please share this podcast with them. And a reminder, we will be releasing one episode every Monday for the entire year. So make sure to hit subscribe so you get the updated information as soon as possible. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. And thank you so much for allowing me to be part of it.